0: Hi Sophie! Hi Sin! Hi everyone, and welcome to The Snack Covenant, episode 242! Sophie, tell us what we're doing here today!
1: Well, Sin, today on The Snack Covenant, we've gotten fucking sick of waiting for Elden Ring, so we're designing it ourselves! That's right! We've designed four areas each for Elden Ring for a grand total of eight, which is apparently enough for an open-world game. So, Sin, what is your first Elden Ring idea?
0: The first area I designed is the beginning area. Mm-hmm. And it's called La Ronde.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in the previous Souls titles, we had a protagonist start their journey in some ruins, in a cemetery, in an asylum, in a clinic. But there was one place that has not yet been a starting point
1: knowing you, it's something to do with food. Is it a food court?
0: Close. It's an amusement park. Oh. So, at the beginning of Elden Ring, you wake up in a haunted house of an abandoned amusement park. You go outside, and you see the kiosks that are falling apart, the rides that are rested, and there's a cotton candy stand with the paint peeling off of it. Oh. A tutorial introduces you to the new fighting mechanics with a game of Whack-A-Mole! I love it already! But that's not all. You encounter enemies, Sophie. (gasps) They are undead! Yeah? Amusement park toys. Oh my god. So now, Sophie, you're gonna walk around this park and explore it. And once you reach the edge of the park, you see a fence. Through some trial and error, you realize that to get out of the park, you have to get the ferris wheel to roll into the fence. But to do that, you got to get the key to the ferris wheel mechanism. Right. And where's the key?
1: Uh, does the tutorial boss have it?
0: The key is in the cotton candy stand. Oh. And as you approach the stand, a giant cotton candy monster materializes in front of it.
1: Oh, No. I'm imagining the cotton candy stand being like um, Soldora in Dark Souls 2, and just cotton candy everywhere, and you get stuck as you try to move through it.
0: Oh my god, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We'll patch that in, we'll patch that in.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so you gotta beat this boss, and the boss is weak to fire and being eaten.
1: So it's eating a new mechanic in Elden Ring.
0: Yeah, you can eat the bosses that are weak to being eaten. I love that. Thank you. What about you, Sophie? What's your area?
1: Well, you know, I, I took a little more of what we'll call a trad approach because I looked at, like, things you would see in in previous Souls games and bring them back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The first area I designed is called the Blighted Root. <laughs> so, you know how the Souls games, like, there tends to be an area that's like a swamp and then there's paths on top of the swamp, right? Yeah. And if you go into the swamp, it's poisonous, but if you stay on the paths, it's fine. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite where the paths are poisonous. Yeah, and the reason the paths are poisonous is because it's a gigantic tree. It's kind of like the Great Hollow in Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. The way it works is all of the flowers on the tree are poisonous as you're going along. So if you stand too close to one of the flowers, the poison, like this, like an AoE poison that affects you. So you have to shoot the flowers down with a bow and arrow. But at the same time, there are poisonous moths also floating around. So if you stay in one place too long trying to shoot the flowers down, the moths will get you. If you try to jump off the branches, it's an instant death fall. It's okay, it's okay, because I designed an NPC with a very tragic story. So the NPC, right, they're called Ash Knight Adelhide, the, the ash is supposed to be a reference to ash trees, but they'll stick the word ash in and everyone will argue about what it's a reference to. They'll think it means, like, ash. Like, you, you burned them. Genius. Genius, I know. It's gonna get better. And they're voiced by Lucy Briggs Owen. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to get to the base of the tree because there's some sacred wood there, right? Okay. There's a spear that's carved from the wood of the sacred tree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alright. But, here's the good part the dialogue and the item descriptions were translated by two different people. So half of them call it the sacred tree. <laughs> <laughs> and half of them call it the holy tree. And this leads to an ongoing argument about whether it's two different trees.
0: I feel like this is the most souls-born thing ever.
1: <laughs> I- I'm trying to give the fans what they want. <laughs> so the boss of the area is a giant woodlouse so do you know what a woodlouse is? They have a different name. They're like a, a bug that has a different name depending on where you are. So like here they're called slaters and in some places they're called pill bugs. And in some places they're called roly-poly bugs.
0: So they're the ones that are like little armadillo bugs.
1: Yeah, little armadillo bugs. So it's one of those and it's called the writhing blight. Oh, Ooh, it gets better. Um, and it just has Rom's moveset. <laughs> but no, no, no. With, with one important difference, right? It can roll up into a ball and charge at you. And the charge is designed so that if you don't immediately unlock the camera and roll back, it hits you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Leading to if you type its name into Google, it auto-completes how to avoid roll attack. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, how does Ashen Knight Adelheid's quest end? All right. So after you beat the writhing blight, you find, you find the spear that she's looking for, OK? And the spear is its Ishtar El from Demon Souls. That's a little callback for the true fans. Okay, so this is the spear she's been looking for. It's shit. It has, like, B-scaling in faith and gives you very negligible HP regen. So when you find it and you go back to give it to Adelheid, she's dying of poison and she dies before you get the spear. But then if you reload the area, her corpse has become a tree. And when Vardy is streaming it live and he sees this happen, he sweats and starts to fan himself.
0: <laughs>
1: because it's so sad. that he could get so many videos out of it.
0: <laughs> oh, shame! I know! <sighs> so
1: that's my first area, the Blighted Root. Bravo. Thank you. Sin, what is your next area?
0: My second area is the hub area. And it's called Un Abri Souterrain. Mm-hmm. The hub in Elden Ring is an underground vault. Right. Which has 101 written on the circular metal door leading to the vault.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting.
0: <laughs> and there are rooms in the vault and you can occupy whichever room you want, as well as decorate it however you like. Uh-huh. But more importantly, there's a diner where the NPCs hang out.
1: Aw, that's cute.
0: Oh, thank you. And there are three NPCs that you'll interact with the most. There's the doll. Uh-huh. <laughs> Her name is Mila Jabovich.
1: Okay, okay, I'm down. I'm down with this.
0: <laughs> and she gives you your first Pip-Boy.
1: Aw, oh. so the Pip-Boy is a mechanic we've not heard about in Elden Ring before.
0: It's a new mechanic. A Pip-Boy is the thing you put on your, your arm. arm.
1: Right. What if your arm falls off?
0: <laughs> if your arm falls off, you just put it on your other arm. Okay. The other NPC you encounter at the diner is the merchant called King Alan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he sells you coca cola and other merchandise.
1: Right, right.
0: The third important NPC is the blacksmith called Andre. Uh-huh. In his free time, he bakes cakes and shares them with you.
1: Aw, oh, same.
0: Me. Yeah. There's also a coffee machine in the diner. Yeah. In Elden Ring, coffee restores your health.
1: It's like the Estus Flask?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, and you get free refills.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh my god.
1: A coffee machine's gonna be like the checkpoints. They are now. Oh, wow. Hello, Ingrid.
0: (laughs) Ingrid agrees. Finally, there's a vending machine, and how it works is you give the vending machine your dying will bullets, and Uh it gives you poutine and sushi, and eating those snacks levels you up.
1: That's so good. Thank you. Yeah, so dying will bullets are what you get instead of souls, I guess. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, okay. And now I'm going to talk about... A mechanic in the Elden Ring hub that makes it different from its Soulsborne predecessors?
1: Well, it already sounds very different, but continue.
0: (laughs) The NPCs are not always readily available to you. Oh. Yeah, like they take vacation, they go home at the end of their shift. Like they have lives.
1: Kind of like Dark Souls 1, where they'd like come and go from Filing Shrine.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, I'm down with this.
0: And they specifically ask you not to bother them with work stuff outside of work hours.
1: Okay, I'm liking this.
0: And that's about it. That's the hub.
1: Okay, that's a really good hub. Oh, thank you. How does it connect to other areas?
0: Well, since it's underground...
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: It's like underground tunnels all over it. Yeah,
1: Are they very long tunnels to allow for loading? But if you go too quickly, the next area doesn't load and you just fall through the world and disappear? (laughs) <laughs> yes it's it's already it's everything we loved about Dark Souls it's back again
0: <laughs> Sophie tell me about your second area
1: okay my second area going back to like what makes Dark Souls great <laughs> it's the lighthouse from Ozumaki oh ah, it's called Pharos Tower so you know how like like the there's, the, there's a legendary like ancient lighthouse called the Pharos Lighthouse Mm -hmm. Okay, it's called the Pharos Tower, and it's only ever referred to as the Pharos Tower. Now, it's very clearly a lighthouse. Everything about it is designed around being a lighthouse, but because they never call it a lighthouse, there's a series of raging arguments about what it is. (laughs) And the fact it's called Pharos Tower makes people think it is a reference to Dark Souls 2, because that has the doors of Pharos in it, and they're like shared universe. And if you ever say it, it's a lighthouse, they will say it doesn't say that in the script, and that's the only canon. <laughs> so because there's like this sea of fog, okay, in Ring, I'm guessing there's this lighthouse that does something important, and your goal is to get to the top and turn the beacon on. So you start at the bottom, and then you have to go up. But at the bottom, because it's near the beach, there's an NPC, right? Mm-hmm. And her name is Shell Collector Sigrid, and she's voiced by Lucy Briggs Owen. <laughs> She is a trading NPC, right? She's kind of like the crows. She collects shells from the beach, and if you give her shells, she gives you random items and reward. And she keeps talking about returning to the sea, but the quest goes nowhere. Oh. And then it's discovered through data mining, <laughs> that she was going to turn into a fish. But they cut it out, and now it doesn't matter anymore. But the dialogue referring to it is still in there.
0: So what you're saying is, it could mean anything.
1: It could mean anything. Even though she's looking out at other fish people in the ocean. And she says, one day I'll return to them. Because that part was removed, there's no indication of what she's talking about. It could be anything. You have to climb up the tower, right? And it's kind of like the church workshop in in, uh, Bloodborne. Right. We have to go inside and outside. So inside, because it's a lighthouse, there's oil zombies. And they're covered in oil from the light, Right. And they cover you in oil, they vomit on you like the students in Bergenworth. <laughs> and when you have oil on you, fire does five times as much damage, so it's pretty much an instant death.
0: Oh my god. Then if
1: you go outside, it's raining and the rain washes the oil off.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: But that mechanic is never explained. <laughs> and every time someone finds it out, they post on Reddit immediately that they just discovered it. And if anyone else then says later on, Oh yeah, I found this out, they'll say, You got that from me. okay so outside right Mm -hmm. there's no oil zombies but there's really annoying this there's like giant seagulls they don't really do much damage but they knock you back so when you're outside of the house the seagulls hit you and you fall down so you don't actually die from the seagulls you die from the fall and the best part is right because you fall down to the bottom that's where sigrid is and as you're falling it triggers her her hello dialogue so it's, so every time anyone is playing, they're falling off the side of the lighthouse, and they hit the bottom. And then as they're falling, they hear, Hello again, tragic thing. <laughs> and that becomes a meme. Okay, so the goal in the lighthouse, right, mm-hmm. is you have to replace the lens. The lens is in the basement, and you have to carry the lens from the basement to the top. And when you find the lens, it's like five times the size of the player character. Oh my God. And then you press circle, you just acquire it. <laughs> It's not clear what's going on. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. The boss of the area, right, Mm -hmm. is one of the moths Mm -hmm. from the Blighted Root that's scaled up about like three or four times. And it just flies around in a circle. And sometimes it lands, but if you have a ranged weapon, you can kill it pretty much instantly.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like this game tries to be fair with bosses like that. Yeah, yeah. Even though everything else is bullshit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sin, what is your next Elden Ring area?
0: So this area is called Sacre Bleu. Oh. And it's a giant, horrible Elden Ring swamp. Oh. If you go in it, you'll be in swamp goo up to your neck. Right. Which makes it practically impossible to move around in it.
1: Yeah. Also, couldn't attack, I'm assuming.
0: No, no. But there's like a billion enemies around you. Right, okay. And there's a couple of ways you can go through this area. There are big rocks that peek out of the swamp. Mm hmm. And you can try jumping from rock to rock. Right. Using the usual horrible <laughs> Soulsborn jumping mechanics. I
1: love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Alternatively, you can just try to walk through the swamp. Mm hmm. But in addition to being, like, super slow and not being able to use any weapons or spells or whatever, you have to drink an antidote every 20 seconds or else you'll die. Oh. But that's not all.
1: Sin, you're spoiling us.
0: (laughs) When you make it halfway through the swamp, Mm -hmm. the Bed of Chaos appears. Oh. And it's the same fight, but in that swamp. Right. And you might think, well, this is a little unfair... Yeah. But remember how I told you that the NPCs have lives? Yeah. So, let's say you respected the NPC boundaries. Mm-hmm. You didn't bother them during their breaks. You didn't ask them to do work during their off time. When you reach the swamp area, the doll calls on your cell.
1: Is your cell separate to your Pip-Boy?
0: You know what? Maybe we'll patch the cell into the Pip-Boy. Okay. Thank you, Sophie. So... The doll calls you on your Pip-Boy and says, Hey, you mentioned going to the swamp, so I called a friend and asked if they could lend you their ship. And at this point, this awesome giant ship pulls up in front of you and you board it. And now you control the ship and you can go through the swamp no problem.
1: That sounds great.
0: Yeah, and you can crush everything and you move fast yeah, and you're on yeah, a ship. Yeah. And when you reach the bed of Chaos, you just shoot it with your cannons. Okay. And it's just like the funnest level ever.
1: That sounds great.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Sophie, what's your third area?
1: Okay, my third area is called the Old Foundry of Old. (laughs) So this is a repurposed concept from Bloodborne. You know, when I was showing off like the unused, um, the old Bloodborne map, there was like that big factory with the big smokestacks. It's that area. They didn't want to get rid of it. They liked it. So they reused it for Elden Ring.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. And tying into the world of Elden Ring. This is when all the people's bodies start to fall apart. They start to build metal parts for themselves so it's a foundry where they make all the metal parts like the Valkyrie Ladies metal arm. Right. It's a big factory. Okay. Yeah. So the gimmick is that there's so much smoke in the factory you can't see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And a torch is completely useless. Cuz it's just smoke in front of you. Like the um Shaded wood. Do you remember in Dark Souls 2 there's the woods where it's like so misty it doesn't matter? Like you pull out yeah. the torch and you can't see. It's that, right? Okay. But, but, no, 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 no. But, right? Yeah. The level is also just a series of walkways suspended above vats of molten metal.
0: Oh my god. So
1: if you fall off, you die instantly and they have no railings.
0: Oh my god.
1: So it's kind of like a cross between Tomb of the Giants and Crystal Cave. <laughs> Now, you might think that sounds bullshit, but on Reddit (laughs) they will inform you that you can actually very clearly see where the paths are, because when sparks sometimes fall from the ceiling, they'll hit the ground in front of you. So as long as you just look for that while fighting a whole lot of monsters on a bridge (laughs) you'll be fine. (laughs)
0: Thank you so much.
1: The point is, the Master Miyazaki doesn't want you to win. So the boss of this area Mm -hmm. is called Golden King Ferdinand. (laughs) And so much of his body has rotted away, he's just a brain and a spine. (laughs) But he's built a bunch of metal bodies for himself. So he's kind of like Tower Knight, where like the metal body, you can't really hurt it, but you can hurt his head. Okay. But the gimmick is... He has a whole lot of different ones, so every time one of the bodies falls over, the brain levitates out and jumps into the next one. <laughs> but but here's the cool part: every single one gives you a different drop. So if you want the full set, you have to co-op the boss like at least five times. <laughs> but 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 you're gonna have to signal to the people you're co-oping with what orders do the bodies in. Because if they get it wrong, you get the wrong drop, and you gotta do the whole thing again.
0: Oh my god, that's awesome! I love this. Yeah, have fun.
1: <laughs> so the NPC here is an alchemist called Elmira, okay, mm-hmm. and she's voiced by Lucy Briggs Owen. <laughs> so she's a little, she's a little bit of a more, a more vague character. Where you first meet her, she says, "I have a score to settle." You never see her again, but then she's a summon for the boss. <laughs> And then when you beat the boss with her, she disappears completely. But if you go back to the hub, she's dead. (gasps) And then you check her item descriptions, and it says that she went there to seek forbidden knowledge to save her homeland, but then learned her homeland was already lost. And when Vardy plays that part live, (laughs) and he sees it, he just sighs contentedly. Aww. It's sad. So, Sin, what is your next area?
0: Well, my fourth and final area is called La Lune. The moon plays an important role in the Soulsborne series.
1: <laughs>
0: so, at the very end of Elden Ring, you climb a ladder that goes all the way to the moon.
1: Does it fall from the moon? <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining like the player character pulls a lever and then a the ladder just falls out of the sky.
0: That's exactly how I envisioned it. Oh my god! <laughs> As you explore the moon, you notice the moon is full of super giant houses, huge right, malls.
1: Okay. I have to stop you there for a quest- question. Yeah, question: yeah. Do you need a spacesuit?
0: That's a very good question. I did not think. Yeah, of that.
1: yeah. Because I mean, it has to be realistic.
0: <laughs> Let's say in the previous area, you had to get. A- You had to get a spacesuit. Okay. If you don't wear your spacesuit, then as you're climbing the ladder, your head explodes or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, as you explore the moon in your spacesuit, you notice the moon is full of giant houses and super huge malls. And just everything is really, really big. Yeah. And when you knock on the giant doors, people don't open the doors, but they sort of tell you through the door that they're staying inside and they don't want to go out. Because they're scared of the evil king who lives in the castle. Oh no. So eventually you make your way to this giant castle. Yeah. And the doors of the castle burst open to reveal... (gasps) A mecca. Ooh. Yeah, and the mecca is wearing a crown, so you know that's the evil king. Of course. And (laughs) And then you fight the mecca. And during the fifth phase of the fight... The Mecca reveals the Moonlight Sword. Aww. So then you like defeat the Mecca and you get the sword. And when you do that, everybody who was hiding in their houses before, yeah. they're like happily leaving their places and going outside. And obviously, all the inhabitants of the moon are also Meccas. And they tell you that whoever has the Moonlight Sword is the ruler of Mecca City. And since you have the sword now, you're their new ruler.
1: Aww.
0: And as their new ruler, you get free snacks for life and all episodes of Reborn on Blu-ray. Wow. The end. Sophie, tell me your final area.
1: My fourth and final area is the Cathedral of the Tomb of the Eclipse. (laughs) Okay, so this is the cathedral area that all their RPGs have to have. And it's very interestingly constructed, because as soon as you walk in, you can just walk directly to the boss. You don't have to do the rest of the level. And if you look at the area from outside, the room the boss is in isn't there. (laughs) And as as Reddit inform you, that's because it's trying to tell you that the world is broken. (laughs) There's so many ways to interpret it. But if you go through the area... Uh And you explore it. There is a very, very obvious pathway, and the pathway leads to a huge door. But the door never opens. And then later on, they patch the game, so it's just a wall with a door painted on it. (laughs) And so the boss of the area, right? Mm -hmm. He's called Argyle the Silent Hierophant. And very interestingly, he looks a lot like the oil zombies from The Lighthouse. (laughs)
0: Interestingly, Yes,
1: interestingly, and um, it's later revealed through data mining that he used to be the boss of, of the lighthouse area, and they replaced him with a moth later on. Okay. Nothing in the area really makes sense, but in the DLC, <laughs> you go to a past version of the area. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's got a boss behind the door.
0: Oh, my God. I know. Is it a
1: mecha? Well, the boss is a character who's mentioned on item descriptions, but never shows up. No. That's all planned out. <laughs> the NPC for this area, right? Mm-hmm. They're a priestess called Yuli. 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 Uh, voiced by Lucy Briggs Owen. <laughs> and she's very, very meek and timid. And she says that she's come to the cathedral to rescue her sisters. So throughout the cathedral, if you choose to actually do the level, because it's a dead end. doesn't? There's actually no point in ever going there. You can rescue these other priestesses, and they gather in the middle of the cathedral, right? Okay. When you rescue all of them, and tell uh, Yuli, and then reload the area, Yuli's killed them all. Why? And she's standing over their bodies, cackling, and then she attacks you, and there's no explanation.
0: Oh, I don't like that.
1: It it ne- it never it never explains what's going on. And then when when she dies, you get a special hat.
0: What kind of hat?
1: I just imagine like like a hood or something that's like not very useful, but you have to do that if you're a completionist.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. So, Sophie. Yes? Do you think we could combine both our ideas together to make an 8-level Elden Ring?
1: I think we could.
0: Do you feel like it's coherent enough?
1: Absolutely. I can see the videos now. I can see, like, Elden Ring, did you know the Mecca on the Moon is a reference to Metal Wolf Chaos?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, that's not what inspired the Mecca on the Moon.
1: Oh. What was it?
0: Sailor Moon. Oh. Do you want to guess what inspired my other ideas? Certainly. I don't know if you know, but La Honde was the name of the amusement park here in Montreal. So what do you think inspired the first area?
1: The amusement park in Montreal that you named it after.
0: No! Sophie, look into my eyes!
1: Reborn!
0: Specifically! The episode with the panda! There's literally an amusement park where the Mafia go to relax, Sophie. Oh, Mafia Land! That's right! I know! (laughs) I don't know what came over me.
1: (laughs) My brain's blotting these things out.
0: And do you know what inspired my vault shelter?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love vault shelter because it sounds like some like knockoff Fallout shelter that's like (laughs) it's like free but driven entirely by ads and it like steals your credit card
0: info. And the swamp idea, do you know what inspired that? No. Boundaries.
1: Aww, oh, okay.
0: Because I feel like people don't get rewarded enough for respecting each other's boundaries.
1: That's true, particularly in souls where you like need to kill NPCs to get things.
0: Sophie, do the outro!
1: That was Snack Covenant episode 242. Sin and Sophie design Elden Ring. Of your ideas, which one do you hope ends up in Elden Ring?
0: Oh, for sure, the mech is on the moon.
1: Right, okay, yeah.
0: And of your ideas, Sophie, which one do you hope ends up in Elden Ring?
1: I hope it's the NPC who's at the bottom of something you fall off, and their dialogue triggers every time you fall off it. (laughs) It's got a lot of meme potential.
0: Well, thank you, Sophie.
1: Thank you, Sin.
0: Thank you everyone for listening, and see y'all next time! Bye! Bye!